Welcome back to the Uncharted Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Beam. Sleep, waking up at night, don't wake up refreshed, having side effects of no sleep, maybe you're addicted to sleep aids, maybe you have a crazy noisy neighbor that wakes you up, there is no better option in the marketplace than Beam. I've struggled month after month and I couldn't be happier that I came across Beam. Introducing Beam Dream. Beam's the world's most innovative, functional wellness brand with unique products for everything from sleep to recovery. 98% of people surveyed fall asleep faster when taking Beam Dream. And 99% of those people experience better sleep quality. So what are you waiting for? You gotta go give them a try. If you don't love it, get your money back guaranteed. For a limited time, get $20 off when you go to beamorganic slash scale and you can use code scale at checkout. That's B-E-A-M organics.com slash scale and use code scale for $20 off. That is scale for $20 off at checkout. That's beamorganics slash scale. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com scale. Indeed.com scale. Welcome back to another great episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This is Poya. I'm my good friend, Jill. Jill Rally, welcome to the show. And we usually like to kick it off with a quick personal as well as business bio. Sure. Um, I am 49 years old and I say I grew up more hick than hip. Uh, I grew up in a small town. I went to Great Bridge High School in Chesapeake, Virginia. Um, first generation college graduate. My dad was in the Navy and he's one of seven kids. And they lived in a house where they shared one bathroom without a lock on the door. My mom's an only child. <laughs> so quite different in terms of lifestyle. Anyways, I was really fortunate to go to UVA and studied um, in the undergraduate business school. And I credit that to where I am today. Um, also a lot of luck. Right. That's if anyone tells you that their success doesn't include luck, they're they're lying. Thanks for that. And you got to admire the family sizes being so different on uh, your mom as well as your dad's side. Uh, one of the things I've always admired about you, Jill, is the fact that you've always been ahead of the curve in terms of trends, transformations, things that are happening. Where does that come from? And one of the trends that you've been on top of recently and are very bullish on is this uh, ecosystem partnerships play. Elaborate on that as well. Yeah. So I'm an insatiable learner. And at the same time, I'm a passionate teacher. Um, you know, I had great teachers who instilled in me confidence. And, um, and so I think that that's part of just innate what I, what, what motivates me. I, you know, at some point I wrote a, a purpose statement and it, um, in my business world, it's to elevate the sales profession and enrich other people's careers. And I see that you know the the reward I get from from doing that. Like today, I'm I'm doing go to market advisory work in a thought partner role for Guild Education. They're a phenomenal company. Everybody should look them up. Um, they're educating frontline workers who haven't had the education experience that I have had, nor my children have had. Uh, they're at Walmart, Target, Kohl's, Macy's, Hilton. 
they're on the front lines, right? And they're making minimum wage and, you know, can't prioritize uh, going back to school or even getting accreditation certifications. Anyways, um, a gentleman there, Matthew Daniel, he creates incredible content that is so useful on the topic of upskilling and reskilling and the importance of education and how that translates into a company's DEI efforts and um, employee mobility and economic impact. Anyways, he has amazing content. And so I, you know, pinged him today as we were getting ready for our podcast. And I said, Do you have a podcast? Right? Like, you should have a podcast. Guild doesn't have a podcast. And they're doing such amazing things. And he has such amazing content. And he has the domain expertise, which is those are the people who should be hosting podcasts, right? When you have domain expertise, then you bring on domain experts. And, and the conversation then is really rich. Um, so I just, and, and I get kind of bored, like social selling, I don't talk about it anymore. It's still relevant, more relevant than it was in, you know, 2009 and 10 when I started building a, a brand around it. But it's, we, we, you know, I've gone past that and I would rather talk about now more broadly, go to market. Um, you know, I was all about, like I was early Salesforce. I was one of the first hundred employees. So the SaaS movement and and moving to a subscription model, that that's just ingrained in me, right? Like I don't know any other way to 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 to, to sell, which is actually to help so that you can retain customers. Um, Martech, one of the first in Martech. So when you're in it early and you're in it for decades, like you become one of the most knowledgeable on the subject. Well, Martech's evolved right? Like nobody's really, like MarTech is still relevant, but now we're talking about RevTech and revenue operations and saying, we've got to actually look um, across our our go-to-market and stitch and weave the data, the systems, the processes um, across that whole entire go-to-market, in particular in a SaaS, in a SaaS world. Um, fast forward to ecosystem, and I could talk forever about more evolution, but fast forward to ecosystem and, and partnerships and communities, that is all resulting in its increasing prominence and importance due to the way that buyers are, are, are continuing to change. Um, right? We're so influenced by our peers, by data, and so it's it's the direct selling, that's not going to go away. But if we can look to um, uh, co-sell is a term, um, but I really think about it as more like um, account-based networking and looking at who already has a relationship with the buyers you're trying to establish relationships with. And and then sharing information. It's it's G two. It's Intel. That's you don't have to like go in and co sell, but but sharing that that insight on accounts. Um, we can go more into it, but that that's the premise. Is get opening is harder than closing. Opening is a lot harder than closing. So how do you open leveraging um, a, a broader set of resources and relationships? Yeah, 100%. It's, I think, creating demand at scale, right? It's it's one of the most challenging things for any revenue leader, whether you're in marketing, sales, we're, we're all on the same team, right? And it's become, 
so much more difficult with the amount of noise that's out there because everyone's running the same place, right? And I think one of the reasons I, I admire what you're talking about is it's defensible in some ways. Like once you have it, right, it becomes really tough to like outcompete what you've built. So my question for you is it makes a lot of sense to me for companies that are a little like later stage to like do this or like it's like a no-brainer. But it becomes really tough, right, if you're an early stage company, because there's so much you have to do. And it's sometimes easier to do the things that shows um, outcomes a little quicker, right? Like what I'm trying to basically say is if you blast the world, right, with cold calls, emails, you you may see the results in a shorter amount of time than going with this like partnership or community or co-selling model, because the time of value usually is a little shorter than the alternative. So if I'm an early stage go-to-market expert or founder, right, um, what advice do you have for me? Like, how do I get started? How do I incentivize people? Like, what have you seen work well from some of the companies that have done it? Well, if we rewind to Salesforce, and they're probably one of the best examples in SaaS uh, of building an ecosystem very early in their go-to-market. I, I was a rep in 2000 to 2002. Eloqua was one of my customers. And I was actually, as an individual quota carrying sales rep, using Eloqua. And I could see the potential for how it could help marketing, help me as a salesperson. And so I was having those conversations with our internal team very early about how can we partner with Eloqua, MarTech, marketing automation, because all Salesforce.com had back then was sales, sales tech and sales operations. So anyways, um, I think from an early stage founder perspective, there is an ecosystem that exists. Even if you're doing category creation, there is an ecosystem and there are likely multiple communities that already exist where your potential buyers and your customers and great potential partners are already forming. And so instead of as a founder saying, I'm going to build an ecosystem and it's a new ecosystem and I'm going to do it from scratch. Whoa, that's a lot of heavy lifting, right? And so I think one is map out the existing ecosystem. Again, talking about Guild Education and coming in, you know, they sell to the CHRO, Chief Human Resource Officer. I've never sold to the CHRO. That has never been my buyer. And so when I go into Guild from a go-to-market thought partner perspective, I don't, I don't have the domain expertise. I don't have the map of everything that touches the CHRO related to DE&I, related to upskilling and reskilling, related to talent man management. I don't have that. So, but it exists, right? That, that, there's a lot around that. EdTech is super like on fire right now. So my question to them was, have you mapped out the ecosystem? Do you know what that looks like? And it's not just technology. It's, it's um, who are the experts in upskilling, right? Who, where are the communities that CHROs live in? 
are they working with, and, and Guild sells to the Fortune 100, 500, are they working with global systems integrators, right? Do they work with Accenture? Do they work with Deloitte? Do they work with, um, you know, even the smaller boutique ones? So I, you know, and they're, they, they're, they're still fairly early stage, although their valuation is $3.75 billion. Um, they're winning huge customers, $100 million deals, $50 million deals, $20 million deals. And so that's a, you know, an ABM, which we can talk about the category of ABM as well. But think about how do they go to market? They're, 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 they're communicating to the CHRO. So what are the things that are related to upskilling and reskilling and education as a benefit? What are the things that already exist? And how does Guild plug into that while also creating new community that is that is specific to give. In other words, just to fast track it for some people, it's you're you're tapping into the distribution of what other people already have in some ways, right? You have to make it a value add, so on and so forth. I, I'm curious, how have you seen people measure the success, right? Whether it's three months out, six months out, like what I'm basically trying to ask, like you know, I mean, sometimes you hire, I don't know, a sales rep, right? And maybe the um six, 12 months down the line, it's fair to measure them by like how much business they're bringing in. But that's like a leading indicator. It's like down the line, like the lagging indicator sometimes is maybe activities, like how many demos have they had? How many calls a day? Like, what is that for like when you're trying to go to market through an ecosystem or co-selling or whatever you want to call it? Like, how have you seen companies measure the success to make sure they're on the right path? Well, revenue is always the lagging indicator, right? Because it's the activities that you do to get to revenue. So, so what, you know, look at the effectiveness of cold calls and look at the torture that SDRs and BDRs go through to do a hundred cold calls. Boy, rewind to Oracle, right? Those reps had to do a hundred cold calls a week, I think, maybe even more. And they were faking cold calls. They had figured out a way to trick the technology to do auto dialing, to log these calls. And it's just ineffective. And it's, and it's, and it's, and it's just hard. And so email then became the channel, right? And now I'm allergic to email. It, it's marketing started the process of ruining it and sales has put the nail in the coffin. Now, I'm being dramatic. Email still exists. It's still effective channel, but it's not as effective, right? Social, social networks. Okay, now that everybody's on LinkedIn, and now that people are more um, active, not using it as a resume, but a digital platform for reputation and community building and content sharing, now I look at it and, and, and there's so much content and noise out there, right? And there's so many people who are using it ineffectively still, right? Sending an invite to connect with no message. I'm not going to accept your invite. I'm not going to do the work to go research your profile to see why in the world you're reaching out to me, right? So, and, and so many people come to me and ask for an intro to Bob because I'm connected to Bob, but I don't have a relationship with Bob. 
So now we have to find more effective ways to get into accounts, get introductions to people. And being in the ecosystem, it's about being visible and valuable to the ecosystem. And so it's it's the 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 leading indicators are um, how many partners have you engaged with? How many humans, co-selling partners, people, salespeople, partnership managers, have you had conversations with? How many, um, uh, you know, tips and, and insight has led to meetings? It's all the same things, right? It's just a new, quote, channel. It's a new way to go to market. And I think a smarter way. I'm curious, you've used the word ecosystem a couple times. And for the sake of listeners on the other end, like how does how do you define ecosystem? Like what's the definition? And um, like, I guess in the world of B2B SaaS, where a lot of our listeners are from, like, how does it how does the ecosystem play into their in, into their world? So I think of ecosystem, it's a very broad definition. And I think about it as who touches the customer? Who 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 touches, influences, educates the customer that you want to be your customer? And so that can be quote, vendors, right? I don't like the word vendor, but hey, we still use it. Um, and that's like partnerships with other vendors where you co-build product, right? You think about co-building from the outset, what already exists, what doesn't exist, and how do you marry what you're building with what already exists to enhance and create more value for this vendor partner, right? So you think about more from a co-build because in you know product roadmaps, we think about um, do we build the product, the feature? Do we buy it, a company, or do we partner? And so this product roadmap, think about it from the ecosystem perspective of who are the partners out there with the technology that you um, sit next to and integrate with. So we co-build, we co-market, we co-sell, we co-retain, right? From an ecosystem perspective, it's not just the tech vendors, it's the agencies. In my B2B marketing, um, go-to-market world, it's the agencies that my customers work with. It's also then the um, the influencers in and influencers, not from a Kim Kardashian perspective, but right. Like legit B2B business. Um, you know, I, I could call myself an influencer in B2B MarTech, right. An influencer in B2B social selling digital sales. Um, so who are the influencers that your buyers are influenced by? Right. Again, what are the communities that they already belong to? Um, what's the content? Even content goes into the ecosystem, right? Who are the subject matter experts? So all of that 
goes into this very large ecosystem. And there's a guy named Alan Adler, and he's come up with this go to ecosystem term. We're not going to replace go to market. Like, we're still figuring out that go to market is marketing product with product like Goth, product, marketing, sales, customer success, partnerships, right? Like, we're figuring that out that all of that collectively is go to market. So we're not going to change the terminology to go to ecosystem. But what he says is that instead of thinking about MQLs, marketing qualified leads, think one step above that and think about ecosystem qualified leads because the ecosystem is likely going to touch your buyer before your marketing does, your owned marketing. This has been fantastic. The amount of actionable insights, wisdom that you passed on, I think our listeners are very, very thankful and grateful for. One of the questions we'd love to ask before we say our goodbyes is more of a personal question, which is if you could go back, Jill, to any time, let's just say in this case, UVA, you've graduated. What's one piece of advice the older, wiser uh, Jill Rally would give her younger self? That your network is your net worth. And I didn't have a network, right? My parents weren't in venture capital. They weren't in like B2B software or technology. Um, I didn't even know what any of that was really in college. I, I, I would have had more conversations with people who were more accomplished in areas that I had interest in. But if you think about it, this was like pre-Google, because I'm again, I'm 49 years old. So the access wasn't there. And I say if I had, you know, Google and YouTube when I was growing up, I'd be at a whole nother level in my career because I would have been able to have learning from and have conversations with a broader set of people that could have mentored me into a different career path or even, you know, I I love like career advice. Um, So I would say, again, your network is your net worth and and be bold about reaching out to people because people want to help others, right? Like genuinely want to help. So don't think that you have nothing to offer. Use commonality, right? To make that connection. So I would I would focus more on that network earlier on in your career. Very well said. And uh, you're, you even um, gave away what I was going to suggest, which is reach out to Jill Rally. She's one of the most welcoming people I've ever met. Uh, personalize your message when you do, right? Let her know you appreciate uh, her coming on the Uncharted podcast. Um, and we will put your contact information, Jill. Um, on the show notes, both for Twitter as well as LinkedIn. So thank you uh, from the bottom of our hearts for coming on the show. It was fantastic. We appreciate you for paying it forward. Uh, And we're excited to hopefully have you back in six to 12 months to talk uh, about what the ecosystem is going to look like in that time. So thank you. Awesome, Poy. I knew you were a special talent at Oracle. I knew, I know you had a great experience at Oracle and you learned a lot, but I knew you would be in a different world and, and you are today. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. It's a, Thank you. Well, 
Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, be safe, be well, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Beam. Sleep, waking up at night, don't wake up refreshed, having side effects of no sleep, maybe you're addicted to sleep aids, maybe you have a crazy noisy neighbor that wakes you up, there is no better option in the marketplace than Beam. I've struggled month after month, and I couldn't be happier that I came across Beam. Introducing Beam Dream. Beam's the world's most innovative, functional wellness brand with unique products for everything from sleep to recovery. 98% of people surveyed fall asleep faster when taking Beam Dream. And 99% of those people experience better sleep quality. So what are you waiting for? You gotta go give them a try. If you don't love it, get your money back guaranteed. For a limited time, get $20 off when you go to beamorganic slash scale and you can use code scale at checkout. That's B-E-A-M organics.com slash scale and use code scale for $20 off. That is scale for $20 off at checkout. That's beamorganics slash scale. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com scale. Indeed.com scale.